You're listening to the Effortless Life Podcast, episode 33. What's up, my friend? Welcome to the Effortless Life Podcast, where we show busy entrepreneurs like you how to become the effortless CEO your business needs so that you're free to create the bigger income and the greater impact you deserve without burning out. I'm your host, Courtney Elmer, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. It means the world that you're here, and we are so grateful for listeners like you who help us to share the show and spread the word. Because just this week, we ranked among the top 500 podcasts in the world, and we've been steadily climbing the charts here in the U.S. as well in the business and education categories, and we're about to break the top 300 shows in those categories which is huge because as a show, we're just barely five months old and those categories have loads of competition. So it's really exciting for us to know that our show is gaining momentum and popularity. And we hope that it's because we're providing highly valuable, actionable content for you. Now, the only way we could know that we're on track in creating episodes with topics that you want to hear about is when you leave us a five-star review and tell us how the show has impacted your life thus far. And if you've been listening for a while now and haven't stopped yet to write a review, then when you finish this episode, if it inspires you in some way, I invite you to take 30 seconds and share your thoughts with me. I really do read every single review that comes through because I want to know that you're getting value out of spending time here with me each week. And your reviews help me to know that I'm on the right track. Plus, it tells Apple to share our show with more people too who need to hear this message. So listeners like you truly are the reason our show is outperforming other podcasts of its kind. And we have you to thank for that. I don't take that lightly. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for being such a vital part of our community. And you know that I'm here to help make living your life and running your business feel so easy and effortless that it almost feels like you're cheating. Why? Well, you know our culture has told you that you just got to slave away and do the work if you want to reap the rewards. And I'm here to tell you that, nah, it doesn't have to be that way. Let me ask you something. Have you ever wished that it was possible to work half the time and make twice the money? Or maybe money doesn't even motivate you. Maybe it's impact. What if you could work less and impact more people? Surely you'd start to experience more freedom in your life too, right? What would that give you? What would that do for you? If you're listening to me right now thinking, yeah, Courtney, that sounds great, but I don't know if it's really possible to actually do that, then I want you to listen closely. Because today's guest is here to tell you that, yes, it is possible to work less, make more, and live a life you love. In fact, today's special guest is someone who I've admired and followed for a long time, since way back in the day before she became a superstar. And it was just a couple years ago that I saw her pivot and quickly rise to the forefront of the massive movement aimed at debunking this cultural myth that hard work and hustle are necessary for success. And when I saw her pivot, I was so excited. You know why? Because it meant that I wasn't the only voice out there anymore who saw the broken system and who believes that it is possible to create a successful business and a life you love without risking your sanity or any of the things you love in the process. Now, when I first met Kate Northrup in person, it was sitting on the front row at a packed live event where she was speaking. And after the training, I went up to her and introduced myself first to thank her for her powerful message and 
to ask her if she'd ever be down to collab. And if you've been listening for a while, hopefully you can see for yourself why I just had to bring her on the show, because she lends a powerful voice to this collective conversation that hard work and hustle are not key ingredients for your success. And just in case this is the first time you're meeting Kate, then allow me to introduce you to one of the most brilliant women of our time. Kate Northrup is an entrepreneur, a best-selling author, a speaker, and a mom who has built a multimedia digital empire with her husband, Mike, that reaches hundreds of thousands of people globally. And Kate and Mike are committed to supporting ambitious women to light up the world without burning themselves out in the process. See, I told you we align. Kate teaches data-driven and soul-driven time and energy management practices that help you save time, make more money, and experience less stress. Now, she's got two best-selling books. Her first one has been published in five languages, and her second one, called Do Less, is available everywhere books are sold. And Kate's work has been featured by The Today Show, by Yahoo Finance, and Women's Health, Glamour, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, Wanderlust, the Huffington Post, and more. This girl is everywhere. And you are going to love the valuable nuggets that Kate shares today to help you grow your business quickly and sustainably without sacrificing the things you love along the way. And when you walk away from this episode, you will discover why culturally we are so obsessed with being busy. You'll also learn why working harder isn't the answer. Kate is going to show you why most time management systems don't work so that you can start looking at the time you have totally differently. And you're going to get an inside look at Kate's unique upward cycle of success, also known as her secret sauce to getting more done in less time. And she's going to give you practical ways that you can apply the same cycle to your life and work so you can find more of a rhythm and less grind. So if this episode inspires you in some way, I know for a fact that Kate would love to hear your biggest takeaway. So DM her on Instagram at Kate Northrup and tell her you heard her episode here on The Effortless Life and let her know one action you're going to take after listening. Okay, you ready to dive in? Why delay it any longer, right? Let's get to the good stuff. This one you're going to love. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're changing the way entrepreneurs work by changing the way they think about work. If you're ready to run your business like a real CEO, instead of your business running you, you're in the right place. You don't have to work as hard as you think you do to create the influence, income, and impact you deserve. It's time for a new way to do business. This is the Effortless Life Podcast. Here's your host, Courtney Elmer. Kate, I am so excited to welcome you to the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, for those of you that are listening that might not know who Kate is, Kate, I would love to have you start by telling us who it is you help and how you help them. Mm-hmm. So I help people who identify as female and who identify as entrepreneurs, although certainly folks who would identify as leaders or ambitious. I help them to increase their results by doing less and basically light up the world without burning themselves out. I love that. And it is such a huge, huge need in our culture today because I feel like we've just drifted towards this hustle mentality. And even that has become 
a buzzword of sorts and this idea that we've got to work harder to get what it is we want. So you, you teach the opposite, that we can work less and actually still have the impact and the income that we want, right? Yeah. That's amazing. I would love for you to dive into your journey a little bit. Tell us about, you know, where you started. I have been a huge fan of yours for a long time and have followed you since way back in the day when your first book came out. And it's been amazing to really just sit here and witness your journey through time. So take us along that journey and tell us, you know, what really brought you to doing this work specifically in the world today? Hmm. So I had a long creative pause after my first book, Money, A Love Story, came out. During that time, I got married and then I had a baby. And that first year of motherhood was extraordinarily difficult for me. And um, I hear that that's the case for many people. Um, I don't think I'm special in that way. (laughs) Um, Pregnancy was really difficult. The whole thing pretty much sucked. And up until that time in my life, I had been able to really get through things through just sort of learning something new or working harder or pushing harder or being smart. Or like I always could sort of find this resource to fix things for the most part. And so that was the first experience I dealt with. I had a traumatic birth experience. I had a sick baby. I had postpartum insomnia. I had nursing issues. I had postpartum um, anxiety. She wouldn't sleep. She was like, had severe eczema, waking up in the night, screaming, making herself bloody. It was like taking her out of the crib sometimes in the morning was like a horror movie. And it was just like, oh my God, I literally don't, like I can't make this better that was such an identity crisis for me as someone who has had always identified as very capable. And I felt the most out of control I have ever felt. And we had about 10 hours of childcare. The first three months I had no childcare. And then the, as I was on maternity leave. And then after that, we had 10 hours of childcare a week and we were running our business and I just like didn't have the bandwidth to really do much in the business. I didn't, you know, I had no creative output. I was exhausted. I was totally spent. Um, Yet we sat down with our accountant in September of 2016, which was a year after my daughter had been born and our revenue had remained steady. And well, of course, like I knew that, right? Because I still had a house and food and we could pay our team. I don't think I had realized despite working less than half the amount I had ever worked in my adult life during that year. And despite like, just not, not having any energetic resources to devote to our business, we'd still made the same amount of money. And so I thought, well, what was I doing all those years? What were all those hours spent? And also, again, I'm not that special. So if I could do this under duress, imagine what other people could do in less stressful situations or different stressful situations. Like maybe all of us are just working too damn hard and maybe the amount we're working is not necessary for the results we want. And so I started just really researching and looking at, okay, what did we do differently? What worked? What didn't work? You know, what are people talking about in the area of efficiency and effectiveness and you know, time hacking and those sorts of things. And I really came up with a methodology based on the unique experience of 
uh, living in a female body or identifying with feminine energy that I found I wasn't really hearing other places. And so that was, that was where the do less method came from. It's been really helpful. I don't know when this interview will come out, but it has been very useful during this strange time of the stay at home, shelter in place, no child care, you know, situation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That everybody is facing right now. And that I think will change, you know, kind of the fabric of how we operate as a society going forward. And, you know, I have noticed, you know, a tendency for some people to try to work harder and push harder, even during this time, because while everything is slowing down outside, it's like, well, let me take advantage and utilize this time and push, push, push and go, go, go and kind of work into extremes. And um, I just, you know, let's go straight to the chase. Like, why is it, do you think that our culture is so obsessed with being busy? What's the driving need underneath that? I think we're so obsessed with being busy because we don't want to feel. And when we're not busy, then we have to feel things. And Mm -hmm. culturally speaking, we're not that, like no one, you know, we, we get taught how to do math and we get taught, you know, how to make a spreadsheet and we get taught about, you know, Christopher Columbus and a whole, you know, version of history that isn't even accurate. (laughs) But we're not actually taught how to be human, which is how to deal, you know, how to actually be in our bodies, how to feel our feelings, how to actually sit with the profound discomfort of being a human being. Like there's just a lot of darkness. There's a lot of discomfort. And I am an extraordinarily optimistic, energetic person. And still, like, life is hard. (laughs) And so I wish, you know, and I'm trying to teach this to my daughters that like, your emotions are valuable. They're not scary. You know, you can feel a feeling and not need it to like, mean you're going to die. Right. I mean, and there are certain feelings that we have that do make us feel like we're going to die. And so there's so many different ways that we numb out. And I think working now, of course, like alcohol and and drugs and smoking and and sugar and, and shopping and social media, like there are a lot of numbing strategies that we know of, um, that have whole 12 step programs around. However, working as a numbing strategy, being busy as a numbing strategy is so celebrated in our culture. So there is no Workaholics Anonymous. Um, There is no 12-step program for that. And it is, unfortunately, it is so celebrated as like the more you work. So, you know, can you imagine if we were like the more, (laughs) you know, the more cocaine you do, the better. And we're going to give you awards and we're going to put you on the covers of magazines and we're going to pay you more money and we're going to give you all these followers on Instagram and we're going to celebrate you. Then like everyone would be doing coke. And so I think we just have a really screwed up set of values, you know, between toxic capitalism and just not wanting to feel. So I think the intersection of toxic capitalism and not wanting to feel uh, because we have not been taught how to be human is... Um, what the problem. Yes. And the emotional intelligence piece of that, I agree, especially like it is so huge. And as you mentioned, like, you know, work is a numbing strategy. I feel like there's this unspoken belief or value that we hold as a society that the more work you do, the higher your value and the higher your worth as a contributing member of society. 
And so that becomes so deeply ingrained in us. And as you mentioned, from childhood, we're not taught how to feel. We're not taught how to notice our emotions, how to pay attention to it, even know what those are, to, to have the skill set to navigate through them. And it can be very easy to kind of fall into this um, work harder mentality. And in my experience, what I have seen, it is tearing apart families, relationships, marriages, it's imploding businesses. And the worst thing about it is that when you're on the path to burnout, you don't necessarily recognize that that's the path you're on, do you? That's how it was in my experience, at least. And um, yeah, it's just, it has become such a problem. And that's why I'm just so grateful for the work that you are doing and for your voice, just kind of shining a light in this darkness, because, you know, like you said, if, if we had gone out there and said, you know, okay, we'll just drink all day and that let's like cheer you on or go take Coke, do Coke. Which and- is like a whole other conversation because oh. what our culture does just cheer that off. Yes. <laughs> we may, in may some ways, right? To that. Right. But if we were to say, you know, the, the exact same thing in another context, you know, I think people just don't take it seriously enough that this is just as dangerous of an addiction. Well, and, it's so much more prevalent. Yes. Yes. So why isn't working harder the answer? Well, because just because you're busy doesn't mean you're getting results. And also at the end of life, there's a Bronnie Ware is a beautiful writer. She wrote a great book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And the top five regrets of the dying are, I can't remember all of them, but basically the, they're um, wishing that um, they had given people, that you had given yourself permission to uh, be who you are, um, wishing they had kept better in touch with friends and family, um, wishing that they had actually like, been living according to their own expectations or desires, as opposed to fulfilling everyone else's expectations and then working too much. And so there's none like at the end of the day, we're all dying for sure. Like that's what we know for sure is that we are going to expire. And yet we live as though there's some goal like that we're going to get somewhere other than dead. And when we sit with the dying or listen to people at the end of their lives or talk to people who've had near death experiences, a lot of accounts of that, we find out that, um, that really wasn't the point. And so I think that the reason that just working all the time isn't really the solution is a logistically putting in more hours does not mean better results. So that's like one thing. And then on the other hand, on the more spiritual or philosophical standpoint, it's like, doesn't matter that much. Um, so I think that there's the part, you know, I'm an incredibly ambitious person, right? So you might be listening to this and being like, yeah, okay, but you are doing a podcast and like you're doing speaking gigs and like you run a membership, right? Like I still do those things. And so I talked to, I was, I've been talking to my mastermind about the difference between like, let's pretend we are a car and, or, and our ambition is a car. I've been talking about the difference between fueling your ambition with proving versus fueling your ambition with passion and purpose. And so I started doing some deep purpose work in 2018, uh, 2019 maybe. And it was very powerful just to, to witness how it's not about the work. It's about how we're doing it. 
and why we're doing it. And the exact same action steps could literally look identical, but one version could be leading to burnout and one version could be leading to just total fulfillment. And it has to do with why are we doing it and how are we doing it? Are we doing it as a means to an end? Are we doing it to prove to our parents that we're you know, to be proud of us? Or are we doing it because it's our expression of our soul? And like, it's just like, this is what I am here to do. In which case, it doesn't really feel like work. Right. And I think that that is a danger zone for some people too, where when you are working more from this place of passion and purpose, that sometimes, at least I have experienced this, I'm speaking personally here, that it's it can still become too much work and it can easily slip into the too much zone of how much you are physically able to do. So could you speak to that a little bit as well? What would you tell those people listening who maybe feel that way? They're like, okay, Kate, I am living my purpose. I love what I do. I just am so excited to get out of bed every morning and do this thing. I don't feel the drudgery or, you know, I don't feel like I'm on a path to burnout because I am, I feel alive yet still somewhere inside of them. They know that maybe they are not working as intentionally as they could be and, or that quite literally, they're just not taking care of their bodies in the way they should be energetically to support the work that they are doing. Absolutely. So I think first and foremost, my recommendation is we need to not take ourselves so seriously, at least for myself. When I get caught in the loop of like, oh my God, this is so important. And I have these deadlines and I have these projects I want to do and I want to do them all now. And like, like, I can get in this very serious place of like, this matters so much. And at the same time, like my work does matter so much, right? But then it's also, I really like to just remind myself, like, I'm just gonna die. Like, who cares, right? And so that really helps me to say, okay, because my main philosophy is body first, business second. Because our body is our, literally, it's where our business comes from. It's where our best ideas come from. It's where our mental focus comes from. It's where our emotional clarity comes from. It is the bedrock from which everything grows or the foundation, right? And so you can either have like a well-fertilized, nutrient-dense, you know, soil, or you can have a totally depleted soil that gets you a crop that is like, has no nutrients and is full of bugs and, you know, all kinds of things. And maybe that's not a great example because like the whole pesticide conversation. But anyway, I think you understand. <laughs> or a diseased crop, we'll just say diseased. And so, so basically when I am in the loop of like, I don't have time to take care of my body. I don't have time to do a workout. I don't have time to get outside. And you know, my work is too important. I really do like to remind myself like, Kate, you're just going to die. So like, how do you want your day to be? And during this time of not having childcare and having, you know, way less support and still needing to show up in our business and stuff, it's been really interesting because I have been finding the time very easily to, I mean, and and working out is just one example of body first business. It's very interesting in our culture of hyper doing. Every time I say that people assume that I'm talking about exercise. And like, I it could be a nap, like I'm not saying, but for me, um, during this time, I've been finding an hour a day to do this workout class that I love live streaming. And it's amazing to just witness how like, in a seriously contracted time when theoretically, I've had less time than ever before. 
I suddenly had the time for this. And I said to Mike um, the other day, I was like, I don't want to go back to living in a world where I don't have an hour for my body. Like, what else is there? You know, because it's my ability to be present with my kids. It's my ability to be present with my husband. It's my ability to be here with myself. And so I think it's just to remind us that like, if we don't tend to our bodies, they will force us to eventually, and they'll be under circumstances that you are not in control of, as opposed to daily asking, okay, what does my body need right now? What am I energetically poised for? And we as women have these four energetic phases throughout the month, which we can talk about if you want to, where you really begin to honor like your body as the source, as opposed to the impediment of your success. Yes. And I do want to dive into those phases because for me, you know, and our listeners know like the whole reason that my life trajectory changed was because of the cancer diagnosis at 25 that set me on a completely different path. And speaking completely transparently and honestly, had that diagnosis not happened, I, I would, I don't want to think of where I would be today and what my life would look like. And I know that not everybody gets an opportunity like that where they are faced with a literal life and death situation. And so it becomes easy to just put our business, I mean, our bodies on the back burner in favor of our business. And I love what you said, just that simple distinction of your body being the bedrock for your business. And I teach that too, where there's a human behind every business. And if the human is not thriving and operating at peak capacity, then how can you expect your business to thrive? And yeah, it's so important to realize that distinction. And so let's dive in to your system, your do less methodology, because this is, it's gold. And I know that those listening want to know, okay, Kate, like, tell me what I need to do because I don't want to be working. I don't want to be feeling burnt out and exhausted like I am all the time, whether it's from COVID or, you know, motherhood, just the daily ins and outs, right? I have a toddler and he's two and a half and all boy, you know, so just the, the everyday life stuff or other stressful situations, because let's face it, there are going to be those situations in our life, whatever they might be coming from. So how do we handle it? Well, what's so cool is that during our reproductive years, we have these four hormonal phases that we go through every single month. And I want to say that, yes, this has to do with your menstrual cycle. But if you are pregnant, if you're nursing, if you've had a hysterectomy, if you're perimenopausal, if you're postmenopausal, if you're trans, if you're a man, this all totally applies. And so because it's a metaphor. And so when I began to learn about these four phases in my menstrual cycle, I also began to study the lunar phases. And I realized like there's these same exact four phases in the moon every month. And wow, there's these same four exact phases on planet earth every year. And they're called the seasons. And oh my goodness, every project we do in my company has these four phases. And so I realized like this is about the creation of life and that life might be, and also PS, there are four trimesters of pregnancy if you count the fourth trimester being, you know, that little cuddled up time after the baby's born, right? And there are four stages of life. I mean, it's like literally it's everywhere. Once you begin to see it everywhere and it's so cool because we begin to notice that for the creation, whether it's a blog post or a baby or a dinner party or, you know, or a launch, right? These four phases exist. And when we can align ourselves and begin to identify what phase we're in, everything becomes so much easier. 
because there is a proper way, an ideal kind of task and way of caring for yourself and way of engaging with your work for each phase. So if you are somebody who has a period that is unmedicated and that is regular, here's how it works. <laughs> you begin to track that period. Um, I, I like using an app. I find that that's the easiest way. Um, but I also have used pen and paper and I find that really helpful. Day one is the day you start bleeding. And that is your menstrual phase. And that is the time that is similar energetically to winter. It's also the same energetically as the new moon. And it's also the same energetically as a phase I call the fertile void um, as far as a project goes or as far as like a cycle in business goes. So I mentioned that time where I, I, I was not having a massively creative time between the time my first book came out and then the time my daughter turned one. It was basically three years of a fertile void, sort of wintertime energy from a creative perspective. And that is the time to rest and reflect. Rest, reflect, research. It's also the time hormonally that you will have the access to your inner voice, your inner wisdom, your intuition. It will be the loudest because your left hemisphere and your right hemisphere are the most interconnected at that time. So your logical brain and your intuitive brain are working together so beautifully. So if you have big questions to ask, wait for that phase. And often the answer will be so clear and you don't have to obsess about it or like call 25 friends or poll a Facebook group. <laughs> so that's the menstrual phase. And that phase is really culturally not celebrated, right? So we have all these disparaging comments that we make about our cycles and women will say, well, I'm, I don't feel like myself, right? Because what we've been taught is to, is what you should feel like as you is happy and upbeat and sexually available and like you want to fold the towels and be a great mother and cook dinner and also be productive at work and be nice. And so there is a full, just like there's day and night, there is a full half of the month where we're more inward. And then there's a full half of the month where we're more outward. And so what we say, the languaging around it is, oh, I don't feel like myself. But I really want you to know that yourself is all of it. Like we all have all of these different layers and different faces and different, you know, different parts of ourselves and just only allocating and saying like, oh, this is me. And then this other part is my hormones is ridiculous. And it's a way, again, back to not wanting to feel it's the part of our culture that really has trouble with discomfort. Um, okay. So that's the menstrual phase. Then the next phase is the follicular phase, also the same as the springtime. So it's a really great time of new beginnings. You'll get higher energy levels. You may want to try new things. You may want to brainstorm. It's a great time for planning. And that phase is a higher energy time and you turn outward again. And this is also the same as the waxing moon. So if you do not have an unmedicated regular cycle, following the moon is great. And by the way, your cycle doesn't need to sync up with the moon. Like I get questions literally almost every day. I get a DM on Instagram, but I bleed on the full moon or like, it's not synced up. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. It's just, it just is, it is. There's no better way or worse way to go. And then the next phase is the ovulation phase. So ovulation we know is when we're the most fertile, but also we're the most fertile energetically. So like, yes, it's the time to make a baby, but it's also the time energetically to cross pollinate in whatever way, it's a great time for pitching. It's a great time for um, 
for batch recording podcast episodes. It's a great time to be on stage. It's a great time to like reach out to contacts. It's a great time for sales. Um, And you'll feel the most communicative and verbally fluent at that time. And that is the same as the full moon energetically. It's the same as spring, uh, summertime. In a project or creativity flow, I call that visibility. So it's like when your website goes live or when the cart is open or, you know, when you're on the stage or teaching the workshop. Then the next phase is the last, well, there's no last phase or first phase because it's a cycle, but the last one I'm going to list. And this is when we turn back inwards. And so this is called the luteal phase. And the luteal phase is 10 to 12 or maybe 14 even days before your period begins. And this phase is the same energetically as the autumn. And it's the waning moon. And I call it culmination as far as projects go and creativity. This is the phase where we're wrapping up loose ends. You're going to be the most detail-oriented during this time. Great time for crossing T's, dotting I's, doing paperwork, cleaning out an inbox, fixing a funnel, you know, looking at analytics, um, those sorts of things. Energetically and emotionally, you are more attuned to the negative at this time. So that when your hormones are out of balance, that is why women experience PMS. But PMS isn't normal. It's actually a symptom of a hormonal imbalance. And there's so many wonderful resources. One of them is a great book called Fix Your Period by Nicole Jardim. So if you're struggling in that area, check out that book. And, but this time is, again, like this is the time when I might be most likely to be annoyed by my husband and want to quit my business. <laughs> um, and just what's important to know about that phase is it's really great information and you can trust the information, but the volume of it is intensified. And so it's not a great time to make decisions about the things you feel irritated about, um, but it's a great time to notice them and perhaps make a list of them. And then during the next phase, when you're back around to your menstrual phase or to that darkness of the new moon, that's the time to then lean in and ask your inner guidance, okay, what should I do with this information that like two days ago, I wanted to quit my business? What do I need to know? And then you'll get that insight. So we have this opportunity every month to check in with ourselves and get the wisdom that we need from our inner with our inner wisdom, our bodies, so that we can really stay on top of our growth and our evolution in a super practical, honestly, it's very practical. And then stuff doesn't build up. Yes. Every time you teach this, Kate, I, I learned something new. What you just said about, you know, half the time we're outward, half the time we're inward. I'm, like it just clicked for me. And I was like, oh, yes. Like that's so true. Just this like is- the earth. Just like the earth. And I we think are that, animals. Yeah, that is what's so unique about this too, is because it is so cyclical. And that is how we are innately wired in so many ways, externally in our world and also internally. And so this is why following this just fits so beautifully. And it just kind of goes with that cycle and that rhythm of life, you know, business, yes, and also just our lives as a whole, right? Because it's so interconnected, our lives, our businesses, what we do, who we are, how we're able to show up. So this is fascinating to me and fascinating too, that, you know, you've developed this and just started to pick up on those cues, right. And noticing these cycles and all these different areas. And so I know, you know, there's always a couple skeptics out there. And so for those listening who are like, okay, Kate, this sounds great, but we only have 24 hours in a day. So I feel like I just never have enough time, right? That's one of the biggest complaints I hear all 
that time. And really that comes primarily from entrepreneurs who are struggling and they haven't yet figured out how to make time work for them and with them to their advantage. And I know that you have a different viewpoint on time. So I'd love for you to touch on that a bit too, because I think this is a perfect segue into this conversation of time and specifically even circling back to what you mentioned before, how during this time of COVID, you had less time as in hours to get things done, yet you have found more time to do the things that you truly want to do. I just want to say that like, I continue to be in awe that this works because I was raised in this culture, just like everyone else. And like deeply ingrained in me is this belief that time is just linear. We're always running out of it and there's never enough time. Right. And so when I practice what I teach, which is all the time, I still am like, this really works. It's like amazing. So yeah, I mean, during this time I've, I've had less time, but we've made more money. I've been like wanting to cook. I've been spending more time with my kids. I've been like doing these workouts. I mean, we're not doing like any launches or any growth campaigns or anything. It's like, Lord knows I don't have time for that. Um, I, I do have time. I don't have the bandwidth, but anyway, so it's been amazing. But if you feel like you don't have time, I just want you to know you do come by that honestly. And like all the messages have been about that. And so this really is about a decision that we make every day or as often as we remember that we are the source of time. And I really loved the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And it was the first time I learned about Newtonian time versus Einstein time or Kairos versus Kronos. So Kairos is the same as Einstein time, which is relative time. So it's the fact that like when we sit here talking to each other and if we're having like a great conversation, it could have been five minutes. It could have been 50 minutes. It could have been two hours. Like we don't know, right? So because we're suspended, we're time, we're in timeless time because we're focused, we're present. We are, at least I am, like we're enjoying ourselves, but we're also a little bit challenged, right? So we're having to stay with it, like a little bit on our edge because, you know, we're recording and like neither one of us want to sound like idiots, right? Like there's, <laughs> there's those elements. Although there are moments like that sometimes, right? We can be honest about it, but no. <laughs> we want to be helpful, right? So we're like, we're like with it. Okay, so those are the moments, and uh, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi Mihai talked about this in his book, Flow, really where you're in this flow state. And, and really, to me, it has to do with being able to land our bodies in the present moment. And so that's Kairos or Einstein time, timeless time, where you really are the source of time. And you can speed it up or slow it down at your will. And then there's Kronos or Newtonian time, which says that like this podcast takes, you know, 35 or 40, 40 minutes or whatever, it says, we're going to meet at this exact time so that we both know what's going on. And, and Kronos time, you know, we need that too. Um, but it really, that is the, that is the time concept that says there's only so many hours in the day. And once you run out, you run out. Okay. So the idea here is to become a time bender and as often as possible, find yourself in Kairos, Einstein time, suspended time as possible so that we are less attached to the clock and more attached to our presence. And that's an ongoing practice, (laughs) you know, but it's amazing when like two weeks ago, I was rewriting a sales page and I didn't technically have the time to do it, but according to Kronos time, 
but I like put on, you know, I had my coffee, I put on classical music. I like really connected. I did a quick meditation. I really connected with like the, the soul, the essence of my ideal customer avatar. I went in there. I just like got it done. And it was so joyful. And, you know, I looked up and it was like, oh, okay. That time is oh, like, it could have been 30 seconds or 30 hours. And, you know, we'll see how it converts, but I think the work was really good. Right. And so that's a practical example. I think it also has a lot to do with the stories we tell ourselves. So, you know, we tell ourselves stories of like, oh, this blog post is going to take so long. I had this whole story about the edits on my book, Do Less, that it was going to take so long. And like, oh my God, because I did a revised, I, I like the book came out in April of 2018. And then I submitted a revised version of the book, I think in October of 2018. So usually people wouldn't like write and launch a book and then revise it in the same year. It was more, it was very do more, but, (laughs) but I did because I felt quite compelled. Um, and I had this whole story of like, and so I put it off for weeks and and I trust that because that's my own creative cycle. Like I have a real tendency to just get it done at the very end. And now I know that. So I don't add extra friction by beating myself up about it which by the way is another form of time bending is really noticing how are you how are you using your energy are you investing your energy or are you spending your energy are you wasting your energy and beating yourself up is always 100% of the time wasted energy so but i sat and i like sat at this cute little cupcake shop and I, it's like those freaking book edits were done in 2 hours i i had thought in my head i was telling myself a story it was going to take weeks and you know that's just like baloney. We just don't know. We don't know. And, and, and the, the telling ourselves the stories of how hard it's going to be, how we're not good at things, how long it's going to take, like all of that um, really does prevent us from having an experience of time that is spacious and nourishing. And it also prevents us from doing our best work because we waste our precious energy on the mental, like, rug burn instead of actually just doing the work when we get to it. Yes. And like you said, just in your experience, how when you actually do do the work, it often takes less time than you made it out to do or to, to think it would take. But even if it takes months. more time, like, cause sometimes it takes more time, right? I have this Instagram post brewing and it has taken me way more time. It's about a sensitive topic. So it's like, you know, I'm really giving it some, some heart. Um, it's taken way longer than I expected. Um, but I'm not adding an extra layer and I'm really in trust about like, well, it's taking more time. It must require that, right? Like, is it taking away from other things in theory, but maybe like everything is all just working together so that that time pocket could expand because another time pocket I'm not actually going to need. I really like, it's really just like such this trusting dance that I am the source of time and that it's all relative and it's all an illusion anyway. And we're all just going to die. So like, you know, we just be here and have as much fun as possible. Well, and I think that key word you just mentioned to you is trust, just trusting that time will be there. And there were so many good nuggets in what you shared. And I loved, especially this idea of investing our energy and not even thinking about it as time so much, but as an investment of energy and even, you know, practice removing the word time from your vocabulary, you know, and replace it with energy and then see how it changes, you know, your perspective and how you're showing up to your work when you sit down at your desk, when you're there for your family and your marriages, all these things, right? 
Yeah, so good. So good. I can sit here and talk with you all day, Kate. And I know our listeners could probably just sit here and, and just listen as well. I get you know feedback from our listeners all the time. Well, I went on a walk and I didn't realize I actually walked like five miles. I was just listening, going through, you know. <laughs> so again, right, time, this experience of time. So as we wind this conversation down, is there any final thoughts that you would like to leave our listeners with today before I ask you the final question that I ask every guest that comes on the show? And I didn't prep you for this one on purpose because <laughs> Um, I'm good on the fly. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's really just to affirm that your worth is not determined by your productivity. And you have been enough since the day you were born, and you will be enough on the day you die. And so everything that happens in between is really about living and experiencing and 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 just like being fully here. Because it's not really about adding up accomplishments or like trying to get anything done. You'll never get it all done. So how are you going to live knowing that? Yes. Beautiful. What an amazing thought to take away and ponder. Let that one marinate. So my last question for you, Kate, and I ask this for everyone that comes on the show because it is so interesting to hear the different answers. And the question is simply this. What is your definition of success? Hmm. My definition of success is actually being there wherever I am. Love it. Beautiful. Where can our listeners find you, connect with you? Where can they get the book? Yeah. So you can head over to katenorthup.com forward slash book. Um, and that's where you can get your copy of Do Less plus some awesome bonuses, um, including a manifesting masterclass, which has been a favorite. Um, so head over there, katenorthup.com forward slash book. Uh, my website is katenorthup.com, obviously. And um, on social, I hang out the most on Instagram at Kate Northrup. Kate, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for being, being here today. today. This, this is awesome. awesome. Thank you for having me. Have you ever wondered the difference between one of the millions of unheard podcasts on Apple right now and the ones that have tens of thousands of subscribers who tune in every week? Oh, and buy everything that person offers? The difference is what I teach you inside of my signature podcasting program, the Effortless Podcasting Formula. You can't get in right now because doors aren't open. But when you head to CourtneyElmer.com slash Effortless Podcasting, you can find out how to get backdoor access and learn step-by-step the stuff you can't Google about podcasting, like how to create, launch, and leverage your message into a profitable show that positions you as a credible leader in your industry, and ultimately that creates more traffic and sales for your business. So if you want to be part of my next focus group, head to CourtneyElmer.com slash Effortless Podcasting right now where you can find out all the details and figure out if hosting a podcast of your own is right for you and your business. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 